Tandem Canon, the Game Freak podcast where Cole plays Canon and where we're wondering if there's a doctor in the house. No, um, really, is there? Is there really a doctor in the house? Damn it. This is episode 52, I Need Healing, where we'll discuss doctors and nurses in video games. This is Tiffany. And this is Mia. All right, let's go straight into the talk from Team Tandem. So, Mia, what have you been up to for game or homework? Just getting the Sims time in. Like, Sims is my therapy. I've realized this. If I'm having a really stressful day, I will come home and play Sims, and life will seem nice and even keeled. So, played a little bit of Sims 4 and getting into that. I got a new computer, finally, so I been installing my sims 3 stuff and playing that and it's been kind of interesting when you realize all the stuff that you can do there are things that you can unlock so that's been fun i played a little bit more saints row 2 there's something about that game where i was having a bad day and i'm like i just want to knock a bitch out and it's been great so entitled to do that yeah so i finished the the main part of the game and i think the last mission i have a couple of the ultra missions but the last like main mission that i did was the one where you have to go meet julius you find out that dex has set you guys up and you're just like what the fuck and i'm kind of glad i left that for last because it's kind of cathartic like okay this is the guy responsible for putting you in the coma in the first place feels like okay i get that closure because when i played the game the first time i was like okay i don't really know who julius is or why this is such a big deal but whatever but now having played through some things i'm like you fucker son of a bitch i'm like justice is sweet but the problem was he kept dying i don't know what was going on he kept clipping through the wall or something and he would just, like, get shot and stuff because he wouldn't get out of the way. And I'm like, look, you mofo, get me <laughs> so I can murder you properly. All right, you're not supposed to die just yet. So, yeah, that was fun. And then playing Hogwarts Mystery and, and mm. going to class and all that stuff. So, yeah. What about you, Tiff? About the same. I'm also playing Hogwarts Mystery. I didn't get to really play over this past weekend, but I've kind of picked it up and been playing it off and on. So getting further into the mystery. I, it's kind of like you. I don't even want to really reveal what all is going on because some people probably still want to be surprised. But definitely getting more intriguing as we get into the second year, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, we're getting into the real mystery part. Like, what's happening? We are there the first night and it's like oh crap already already shit is happening it's like i just got here i literally just walked out from the first year after this celebration and came back in (laughs) and the second year just begins so yeah it'll be great to see how this evolves but we won't really discuss until i guess we get a little bit further on also i've been playing overwatch they actually have pink mercy in celebration of breast cancer foundation research and they're doing an event until may 21st where you can get a pink mercy I think you can either buy it through game or through the store. It's about $14, but it's totally worth it. And of course, it's 100% of the proceeds go to cancer research. So it's definitely like worth the donation if you're able to do that. If not, there's also available things for you to receive. If you just watch, I think, charitable streams, people gaming and stuff like that, you can get different stickers and all the other stuff sent around Mercy. So I think that's really cool, especially for something so detriment to a lot of people. So good on Blizzard. So I guess in other news, there's been a lot of uproar in the simming community over the Sims mm-hmm. 4 in their future. If you haven't really heard too much, there have been some pretty significant layoffs over in EA with the Sims division and some of the Sim gurus have been moving over to the mobile team if they were not laid off. So it's raising a lot of red flags for people who are very deep into Sims 4 for the PC versions and stuff like that. A lot of unrest and there's a lot of rumors and things happening that 
Mm. Can't really confirm, not really even the gurus. They're trying to calm the waters a little bit, but there's a lot of concerns about whether Sims 4, if there's anything else that's going to be releasing, because normally they release something every quarter, whether it's a stuff pack or whatever. But there's some theories going around that because of my first pet's stuff and the backlash they got from that, that's why EA's been kind of quiet. Because <laughs> they were wrong. They, they, were, they knew they were wrong. And I think that was the first time that people were, as a whole, really pissed off. I mean, yeah, we had like the pool controversy, the toddler stuff controversy, but this is like, really? How do you make DLC for DLC? EA is already a bad place with Battlefront 2 and all the stuff going on with loot boxes. But another thing that's kind of making people worried is the back-to-back console releases that are happening for Sims 4. Normally, they come out with a console release like maybe twice a year, if that, but they're trying to hammer these things out. So again, it's making people worried. Okay, so are we actually getting closer to release? Sims 5 or there's this rumor going around that Sims 4 or the Sims is kind of ending and the focus will be placed on mobile. I can see that. But at the same time it's kind of worrying because so many people play PC and the modding community is sustained through the, the PC community so it's a little bit troubling. Yeah, like, I don't know how I feel about it because, you know, EA has been kind of screwing up the Sims for a while. It's not just with Sims 4 and we've talked about the lack of meaningful content, the lack of meaningful gameplay compared to the older games and stuff. And normally this is the time of year where they should be wrapping stuff up and getting ready to release Sims 5 either in 2019 or 2020. But I don't know. What do you think, Tiff? If you cannot do it right and you have not really been able to fulfill the wants people have had since The Sims 2, then I'd rather you not do sims 5 and just leave the series alone stop doing any more damage to it especially since the sims is such a great platform for people to create their own stuff and that's what is really driven even one through four for it to be successful in the background but it seems like people have to remake the game in their own with their own desires outside of what ea is capable of giving people so people still continue to make content even if it's not for a newer generation but i think people might be happier just to keep sims contained the way it is before it does any more damage because i'm afraid a lot of the lacking that has been going on with sims 4 so far that it's only get worse with sims 5 especially the way ea is acting it's kind of like the harry Potter franchise just leave it alone for right now and, and stop tearing apart what i love and what's already been built and especially since like sims 4 is a testament to what they're not capable of giving anymore if you're gonna keep on pushing down the stereo just let it die a little bit or at least do some damage control if they're even capable of doing that. I don't think EA is really aware of how to do any kind of damage control to really fix any of the problems. They have so many internal fires. I don't think they even know where to begin at this range. This has been a buildup of years. So it's kind of hard to suddenly just say, oh, well, we fucked up. But they don't know where to start in their fuck up. They don't listen to their consumers. And that's another problem too. Until it's too late. They use a lot of non-apologies. It's like, and it's more blaming consumers for being understandably upset rather than be like, oh, you know, what we did mess up it's more like well, right. i guess we'll do something since you guys are being whiny bitches about it or you know something to that extent they don't use that language but it's essentially the the, the tone part. implied <laughs> fitter bitches that are giving us millions and millions of revenue how dare you complain about a product in other news we have quite a few trailers that have been released the last couple of weeks first one though red dead redemption 2 yes wow it is crazy it's been like what 
seven, eight years since the release of Red Dead Redemption and already thought that the graphics was pretty good with that one. This, it still looks like you're watching TV. It is crazy, the depth of and how much more intuitive it was they read that redemption so much more action-packed but what do you think about the return of john marston in this prequel would you have been okay with it being a standalone or are you okay with just seeing like how he got started i liked it i liked the direction they took by having him included because then you get to see more of the backstory mm-hmm. and especially once you play through the game and you see everything that goes on it's like okay where are his actions just right in making and what changed yeah, and it, what changed with them yeah, yeah what happened that made him want to change his behavior and you see abigail and stuff so it's like okay i get this this is cool because yeah mm-hmm. he's a cool character he's badass and he has a conscience so it's not just him yes. around killing you know for someone like him who has to develop some sort of a conscience it had to start somewhere so. right and prequels can be very dodgy but this one can be built up to such a deeper lore in the red dead redemption realm i'm not like the other people that said what happens to john at the end kind of will negate what had built up in red dead redemption but we kind of came in in a halfway point we don't know how he got there so it'll be nice to see where all this friendships and trust within that gang had built up and where it went wrong was the reason why this game no longer exists. Also, did you get to watch the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer for the mini game no. edition? It's pretty cool. You know, like those little handheld mini games back in the 80s? It's like that, but it's, it's going to be like in game where you can play with Sora and 1920s Mickey and playing all these different kind of games. And I think there's five to six mini games that you can play within game. So I'm like, great, that's going to be another thing I fell at because these are games I was not good at. I totally sucked at all of them. I really can't wait to play that in game. See if I'm actually better at that than playing like the Nintendo. Because I still suck at that too. So that would be nice. Also another trailer that I absolutely adore. Is the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now a lot of these trailers I know have dropped. Right before E3 is supposed to kick off. But Shadow of the Tomb Raider have released about a couple weeks ago. And it is glorious. You can tell that this is going to be the darkest Tomb Raider yet. You have Laura being a badass bitch coming out of the jungle and shanking people with her axe it's gonna be so cool and it's kind of like a deal of morals too because her answering like how dark she's become as a person especially like once you have to keep killing for survival how dark your soul is gonna be so i think this is the answer to the temple of doom or something of how dark your soul is gonna get kind of can't wait i don't think laura has been there yet so they'll be kind of nice to see if that's the route that they go especially story-wise i'm just here to survive and shanking and get what i need so stoked for it all right so tiff are you ready to level up let's heal people and the world Woo-hoo! let's level up so for today's tandem topic tea time we are going to discuss nurses day yeah our favorite doctors and nurses that keep people alive and prevents the bitch asses from dying so to agree start us off who is a doctor or nurse that you want to give shout outs to well i had to give mention to our favorite doctor from overwatch dr angela mercy ziegler the ever healing medic on the team she's been at overwatch for a long time about like eight to ten years plus but of course she makes sure that her healing staff is really on the cutting edge to make sure that you're all healed up you're all boosted up and if she needs to resurrect you and hopefully no one else dies so she can resurrect someone else outside of 20 30 seconds so but yeah she's definitely like one of my favorite 
favorite doctors because she's so versatile with her wings to pull around from scene to scene and make sure that everyone's healed up. So yeah, definitely my my favorite angel, and she doesn't even have to be pink to be it. So what about you, y'all? Come on, it's Mass Effect time. So. The wonderful thing about Mass Effect, there's so many awesome doctors and nurses in the game. They just do so much. And this is across the whole series. So this includes Andromeda, but I couldn't pick one. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah. So the first one, of course, is Dr. Chakwas, who is amazing. And she's like the resident Normandy mom who's not the mom. But yeah, you can't help but love her because she's amazing. She keeps everybody alive. I like how sarcastic and witty she is. And Shepard, for the most part, does listen to her. And so in Mass Effect 2, I don't know if I should say this, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, so if you're playing Mass Effect 2, the Normandy does get a, get bombarded with collectors and the crew gets abducted. If you save everybody in time, then you get to save Dr. Chakwas. And I consider her the root of the Normandy, honestly, because she does so much to keep people alive and... She's just cool. Another one, Dr. Michelle. She's the doctor that you have to actually help save when you're trying to look for Garrus on the Citadel in the first game. And I didn't really interact with her much, but I liked her because she was just very cool and collected. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to break the law to try to help people and get stuff out and stuff, even if she was being blackmailed by some sketchy dudes. The fact that Mm -hmm. Garrus went out of his way to try to help her and stuff like that. Okay, you're cool people. I like you. And you do get the option of having her on the Normandy for Mass Effect 3, which I've never tried because I'm loyal. I don't know. But she's still a really cool person, and I just really love her. I think she's great. So there's her. And then Dr. Morden Solis. He's a crew member on Mass Effect 2, and he's one of my favorite characters in the entire series. He's so quirky and weird, but he's also really cool because depending on who your partner is in-game, Morden has some interesting sexual advice to give, so he believes in, in rapping and up being safe good for him he's knowledgeable about cross-species intercourse which is a little bit awkward not weird at all i like when you get to know him well enough where he starts singing and you get to learn about his family and, and what he did before he ended up on omega and he actually was responsible for trying to help cure the plague that was going around. He's everything. So another one is Lexi DePero from Mass Effect Andromeda. I liked her because she's voiced by Natalie Dormer. So that already gets her point. Yay! Uh, <laughs> but she's calm and level-headed. She's more grounded compared to the rest of the crew. She's a little bit more mature and, and handles a lot of the other shit that goes on surprisingly well. Because I feel like the rest of the crew, they're relatively younger and a little bit irresponsible. And she's just like, you guys stop fucking up. Okay. But I mm-hmm. like her a lot. She's very knowledgeable and then there's dr nakamoto who's responsible for helping the residents on hadara which is basically the exile planet where the people in the nexus that got booted off ended up there and he's the one trying to get medical help to people trying to help the water supply and there's some sketchy things going on with him but the fact that he's trying to help and they need doctors they need more medical people at the time he was working out of like a storage crate or something (laughs) pretty dire but yeah and then dr henry carlisle i had a low-key crush on him he's a silver fox he's kind of hot but he's actually one of your crew members early on in the first part of the game till things go terribly wrong and the fire nation attacks and whatnot but he ends up being one of the resident doctors on the Nexus. And so you'll go back to him and he's the one that's checking up on your twin. He's more familiar with your father. And he was at first on the Pathfinder team. But he was like, oh, no, you know what? I'm not that young. I'm going to enjoy I'll be- 
I'll be over here. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, he's cool people. I like him a lot. So I was like, dude, if you were 10 years younger. I know what you'll be doing with your bits and his bits. And anyway, moving on. Uh, We need to talk away from bits. Wrong episode for that. (laughs) I also wanted to talk about Mrs. McRae from Bully. This nurse is just obsessed with death. You, Trelawney, and Hooch should go and have a drink somewhere because y'all are obsessed with talking about death. The only other involvement you might have between her and Jim is when he's in the girls dorm and he shouldn't be then she'll be one of the people that tells him to get out another one we have was dr mario slash dr luigi from dr mario and i'm more familiar with dr mario luigi was more during the year luigi he got his own version of it that's when that came about but it's practically the same thing luigi and mario are a bunch of street pharmacists pill pushers i mean come on but i mean he's trying to help cure viruses and stuff and so he's trying the best way he can to fill those prescriptions up yeah it's a knockoff of tetris but still it was a very fun and entertaining game to play and it's like if you grow up you can be anything even a doctor makes me wonder like what was his version of university what was it where did he get this degree from university of koopa between him and luigi's just the most random shit they're like the barbies of pop culture too like i could do anything or i can't keep a job whichever and of course you had nurse toadstool or nurse peach savannah white to mario's doctor i think it was just an excuse to put her in a nurse's uniform to be honest but oh look how pretty she is okay well let her be the doctor next time i'll play dr peach so yeah another one we have was dr zed blanco from borderlands i have mixed feelings he will tell you straight up i am not a doctor and he pretty much has disdain for people who actually have degrees he does not have a degree so and apparently i learned that he has brothers named ted and ned oh my god the most creative family if i ever thought of it and he's the most responsible for all the abominations especially in borderlands 2 that's his fault but even in borderlands 1 if he also in borderlands 2 you bring him and he is whacking on a dead body his entire office is full of dead bodies have been rying there since the dawn of time i'm sure so it smells completely terrible but you know his vending machine keeps you alive out there so you can't disregard him actually keep you alive even though that dude does not practice real medical more like medical malpractice but yeah you, you still live through the game so i guess it's like where did you get these corpses from number one and i know that has to smell like ass over there because it's hot and it's sandy so they're just baking and what happened what, to the others exactly <laughs> it's more like what did you do mm-hmm. so find out as we get deeper into borderlands another one we had was dr sim from the sims dr sim is a psychologist and so if your wants get a little too low where it's in the red and you're like hitting rock bottom dr sim will come in and do little tests on you to make sure you're okay <laughs> get you back on your feet it's kind of like the social bunny but specifically for when you're not fulfilling any of your wants like if you for example if one of your fears is your house catching on fire and your house catches on fire you could go in the red and that's when dr sim will come in and try to help you out but he has to get involved and it's pretty serious so okay let's make sure you're not completely crazy you're just going through a bad moment Mm -hmm. and get back up you're good you're fine you're all right back in there so yeah shout out to him for keeping our sims sane or at least trying to. But their wants are kind of stupid anyway. Their fears are like, really? Your fear is to sing, but you want to sing. 
So what is the truth here? That's a paradox. <laughs> you, need, you need to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to do the thing or not? So yeah, I guess it's accurate. Yeah, shout out to him. Speaking of everywhere, Nurse Joy from Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Our favorite pink-haired nurse you can find in almost every Pokemon Center everywhere. She'll, like, just line up your Pokeballs and administer healing to your Pokemon, which I think is gnarly. That didn't sound right. I'm sorry. That is all in the lore. That's actually what they say. It's like, okay. Phrasing, but okay. Sure, there's a ton of fanfiction. Also, if it happens to be your birthday, she will wish you a happy birthday, which I think is cool. She is the staple nurse to actually heal your Pokemon in all games and also the TV series too. So it's nice to see she is such a fan favorite staple that's able to heal. What else your Pokemon? Next up, we had Silent Hill, which is an accomplishment because horror games are not uh... my cup of tea either, but we have Nurse Garland there, who's behind the lore, and she grew up in the town of Silent Hill, and it seems like she came from a strict family. She really wanted to become an actress instead, but I guess because it's been in her family line of to go into nursing, guess what she gets to do? Nursing. Joy. So she takes the job at the hospital. She's dedicated to take care of a little girl named Elisa Giles, but unfortunately, she gets hooked on drugs. <sighs> Dang it. Don't get high on your own supply. And don't live in a place called Silent Hill. Just silent or quiet or sleepy in the name. Don't you do that. So she gets hooked onto PTV, which is the drug of choice. And it's administered by this asshole, Dr. Michael Kaufman. He's pretty much the director of the hospital there at Silent Hill. And he's pretty much the drug pusher of the game. So he's that's his administration. He likes to get people hooked on drugs and controlling people in that aspect. He also has the little girl, Elisa, takes her into the hospital after she gets burnt, and he's also, like, in association with the infamous order of the game and a whole bunch of other shady dealings. A lot of the stuff between him and Lisa are really integral together. I think it just depends on what is chosen, whether or not if Lisa is dead or alive, but I know she takes him out. Get your vengeance. So. Yeah, um, spoiler, sorry. These games are old, so y'all should already know. You get like three years, and then after that, it's it's open season. <laughs> Pretty much, especially after it ties into a series, and you have to explain the entire lore of a character. I'm like, that pretty much sums it up on the bumper sticker. But yeah, speaking of series, what other ones you got? Assassin's Creed 2, the neighborhood-friendly slash creepy play doctor. Um, it's the nose. In the glasses. Yeah, the doctors, of course, you see them throughout all the Assassin's Creed games, but my favorites are the Assassin's Creed 2 ones because they have a lot of personality, they have a little quips and stuff for Ezio when he walks up. And of course, they provide medicine, vials, poisons, and things to kind of help Ezio along on his journey. But they're just out in public, like, bring me your wounded, bring me your ill people. <laughs> yeah, they just always seem to be in the most convenient places. So shout out to them. Suck at combat, and without him, I would have desynchronized several times. So shout out to you, dude. You're creepy as fuck, but still. But I appreciate you giving me my shit. And especially, like, I need to carry, like, 20 vials on me. That's just me falling off the damn roof. Yeah. I wonder if that guy, especially, like, when you first get introduced to going to a play doctor by Federico after the fight. And he's just like, oh, so you got toughed up. And he inspects him. I wonder if one comes to Ezio after that's like, so syphilis? Okay, here's here's what you get for this. This is what you get for whoring so damn much. I would just love a doctor to have done that. But, you know, 
Hey, not all of them know him on a personal level, so and I like it's all they, good. They don't ask questions. They're like, I don't need to know why you need all these vials and all this poison and shit. Whatever you do, don't trace it back to me. So, Trying to make my money, yeah. doing the street pharmacist gig. At night, I like to sing in clubs, so just remember me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but definitely I, I value them for keeping me alive. All right, so that's all we have for our favorite doctors and nurses in video games. We know there are tons more, so if there are some that we miss or some that you have on your list, let us know. You know where we're located, our socials, and you can find us at tandemcanon at gmail.com. So, Tiff, are you ready to hit up this wheel of random tandem? Let's spin the bitch. Let's spin it. So for today's wheel of random, a tandem random, yes, Ugh, random <laughs> tandem. Sorry, y'all, it's late and I'm tired. But Tiff, if you were a doctor or a nurse that could save anyone from the brink of death, which character would you save? Or if you have a character that you would gladly let die, which one who, who would you choose? Girl, I got them both. This one we've already talked about at nauseum, but it still has to be said. Freaking Desmond from Assassin's Creed series did not need to die. Not in that way and not how they had pretty much pulled like an EA and just abandoned that property and just moved on to something else. Even though like these modern day storylines were still lacking, I think they still had a little bit more color, especially when it started getting into the later aspects of it, especially like in Assassin's Creed 3 where we saw him actually grow outside the animus and be able to do more things. I think that was also what was lacking in the first couple of games too, to make it a little bit more intriguing. But now it just seems like the future storylines preceding that or the present day storylines have been kind of stale. So he still gave us a little bit of life outside of that, especially him insulting Altair's statue. I mean, that's gold. So it's kind of remiss that we missed the opportunity to have the wonderful Nolan North to continue portraying this character and to really like bring him a little bit more light in the future. But, you know, with Assassin's Creed, you never know what happens. The thing I will gladly let die, and I wish I could have let them die in the first game, is Claptrap from Borderlands. God, yes. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I get it, dude. We are straight off the bus, and you're trying to do all that you can to help us out. I get it. But you're annoying as fuck. If I had a screwdriver to tune down your volume, I would gladly do that just to keep you silent. And the thing about this, the mysterious fairy lady haunts you in a vision-like thing. And it's like, you must save our friend. Like, why? Why are you putting that on me? Yeah. Why is he so important? Does he carry the Holy Grail inside him? If not, maybe we should tear him apart. He has the answer to life. So, Claptrap, no love lost. Now, this could grow in the series, but from like a lot of people have said, probably not so claptrap i would have been okay for him just to stay on that ground and firestone like whatever i'm not eh, don't care what about you i would save morden because i love him so much and he's Mm. awesome and i like the way that the series handled his story arc I don't know if I explained this, but he's actually part of the group that helped keep the genophage going. Like, he wasn't the originator of it, but his group was somewhat responsible for keeping it rolling along. And so a lot of his story arc involves him dealing with that guilt and trying to justify his decisions and talking about morality and what was the right thing to do at the time because the Krogan were causing chaos. Trying to justify that there's a lot of bad blood between Krogans, the Turians, and Salarians because of that. 
fallout that happens. And so the whole time he's trying to justify his actions. But depending on how your actions are in the third game, he can either cure the genophage or find some way to put it in action. If you're an asshole, you can stop him from doing it. But it comes at a very great personal cost Mm. to your friendship and, and to you emotionally. In my game, he ended up sacrificing himself to make mm. sure the genophage got released. And there's so many steps that lead up to that. It was like, well, we have this data in order to create the genophage cure, but we have the chance to get rid of it. And there's so many things that happen that I'm like, why you of all the people that has to die in this game? He does have an opportunity to live. But again, it's at great personal cost. You have to make that choice. Like, do you do the right thing? What is the right thing? Was the genophage a good idea? Was it not? And I liked how his story arc moved, but I wanted him to live. The person that I would gladly let die, and I feel terrible about this, I would say Roman from he died on my version so no no he didn't no kate did i chose kate to die because i was like roman's family i can't just let him die but thinking of all the stuff that happens to nico over the course of the game is because of roman because of roman and him not you know he's lying all the time he gambles all the time and getting him into all this shady shit like nico gets into this russian mob thing because of roman and his foolishness and even when he has the chance to do right and do good he doesn't treat Melanie right and cheats on her and always talking about titty, titty, titty. I'm like, shut up. And bowling. And bowling. It's like, how can I go bowling while I'm trying to go around and clean up your fuck ups? Right. So stop giving me a thumbs down. That's literally what Nico does. The whole first couple parts of the game is cleaning up after Roman and it gets deeper and deeper because Roman can't stop. And poor Nico, he is coming over to America for a better opportunity to get away from the harsh life he's had before. And so, like, all he wanted to come do is just chill the fuck out. He couldn't even do that. It's like, day one or two, he's already in the mix and something. Yeah, I don't think he even got off the boat well enough, and he's already into some shit, because Roman up here fucking around with the Albanians and gambling and doing all sorts of nonsense. So, it's one of those family members that, like, you don't want to associate with him, but he pulls you into his mess and drama. That's kind of how I see it. So, he's not a bad dude, but I'm just like, are you really worth all this? I would say just for annoyance second runner for me would be Brucey it's not zero to a hundred it's zero to a thousand with Brucey easily the most insecure guy in the entire franchise Mm -hmm. hands down yeah which is really sad just be who you are boo without was it the shark dealer or something shark whatever that was yeah Yeah. i can do without that for the rest of my life i'm just saying he had some issues he needed to work out some he needed dr sim to help him because i'm like boo and jesus so yeah those are the people i had to choose well i guess do you have any final thoughts y'all know where to hit us up we got these socials the twitter youtube (laughs) facebook twitch and tumblr yeah so you know where we are make sure to like follow subscribe and share with your friends because we're awesome and we want to spread our awesomeness to you and everyone we know. We don't have any new followers <laughs> this week, but we do have new commenters and special shout outs from Tweeyotch this week in our collective heads. Our and Janice Davis from Gamers Dominion slash Assembly of Geeks. Thank you. Yeah, so Tiff, who is your PYT for this week? I chose this week Dual Screens, and it's a couple of guys that have freshly just started off. They probably have about like 10 
videos in their queue. But I started watching a really cool series that they did about essentially what does it mean? And they did three videos. They did one on Mike Tyson's punch out about what, especially for foreign people, what the language they're speaking, what are they saying? And so they went and interpreted it through friends who actually like had taken Russian or whatnot, or if they didn't know anybody, then they tried their best to translate like Google or something like that. But they forewarn you, you know, it's like a loose translation. It's probably not what directly what they're trying to say, but roughly what the message is trying to convene. The one I really started watching with them was Street Fighter, especially what the signages mean, like at E-Honda's bathhouse or um, Chun-Li seeing what the different stores and stuff like that means. Like, what does it say? That was really cool to see, to actually learn like this means this. But yeah, that was really cool to actually see that because you never focus on the game because you're so focused on trying not to die. But like sometimes you do wonder like, oh, I always wonder what that actually means. So it was kind of cool to get that clarity with them. So yeah, they're really, really in depth with that. So I give them kudos for explaining what does it mean? I would never think of something like that, but it's something unique and specific. That's so cool. All right. And they also have the tendency of if there's like a discrepancy between because there was something in Zengiv stage that had changed. They also explain like what it originally was in this one version, what it is now. So I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah, I never even thought about that. I'm glad, I'm glad that somebody did. My PYT for this week is beat em ups, an Australian mm-hmm. YouTuber. I think he's from Australia. <sighs> But he covers Nintendo games, talks about like Nintendo properties. So one of his more recent videos talked about the Nintendo Labo and what was the appeal of it? Was it worth it and everything? And so he did a full blown review. Like he actually went through and built all the things. And yeah, so he's really cool. He has an awesome accent too, but I like his content. The viability of the Switch and the different console generations, like was the Wii U kind of considered a failure and what things can we learn from that going forward but he has some really cool content so if you're a nintendo fan person check them out or if you're interested in nintendo properties he would be definitely the person to go to so well if i may ask what was his overall impression about the labo he loved it the only thing is with the labo that he noticed it does take a little bit to build but i think if that's something that you enjoy doing if you're more of like a tactile person working with your hands the labo is perfect for you But if you're the type of person where you need simple instructions, and for the most part they are simple, but it does take some assembly. And so I think that's part of the fun of the Labo is for people that like that sort of things. Because, you know, I work with engineering students and so they would probably love something like that. Figure out how things work. And that was where he was preoccupied with is like, okay, this does the thing and the piano works and it does this. And trying to figure out the nuts and bolts of how does this work and how does this make this do the thing? And yeah, so I don't know if the Labo would be good for somebody like me who I'm like, that's that math and physics and I like the end product of it but I need someone to help me learn how to put it together I can help you out with that I am a graduate of the Ikea school of fuck it so if you can build an Ikea whatever you can build a fucking house that is what I'm going with so I'm like we can do that we can fucking do that (laughs) I think it's just one of those things where it's not like an instant gratification sort of thing you know if that's what you if you're really just ready to like dive in and just start playing with the thing it does take that assembly but if that's something that you are geared toward then it's going to be great for you but if not you might want to get someone who is more inclined for that and will have a ball and then get the finished product and do what you will so Yes, well, I need to subscribe to that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tiff, do we have any events? We do. We 
finally got finalized for Comic Palooza Houston. That will take place May 25th through the 27th, Memorial Day weekend. We actually have a panel there at 5 o'clock on Friday. So if you are from the Houston area and you are going to come to Comic Palooza, please check it out. Come to our panel, say hi, and meet and greet and all that fun stuff. We also got confirmed for ArlingCon, which will be June 30th in Arlington, Texas. It will be at my alma mater, UTA, at the UC. So I'm really stoked to be there because I haven't been on that campus in such a long time. So that'd be cool. So if you're in the Arlington area, I believe the event isn't it free? Yeah, it's free to the public. So if you're in the area or just wanting to come and see different kinds of panels, please come and do that. I think it'll just be an all-day thing on that Saturday. Also, Let's Play! July 27th through the 29th, and that'll be at the Irving Convention Center. Also, we have Infinicon, which will be August 3rd through the 5th, and that'll be in Addison, Texas at the regular Crown Plaza Hotel. Also, we have QuakeCon, which will be August 9th through the 12th, and that'll be at the Gaylord, Texas in Grapevine. And also, possibly Wizard World Austin, which will be September 21st through the 23rd down in Austin again. So we're looking forward to going to all of these events. It's going to be definitely a full set list, but we're looking forward to doing every single one of it. Uh, You're so excited. No, don't pop them pills, girl. We already talked about that this episode. Damn you, Mario and Mm -hmm. Luigi. Yep, keeping you safe. Our next episode will be May 20th and it will actually be released on time. We do apologize as having some tech issues with my computer and other things were going on. We apologize for the lateness. But if you have not checked out our previous little quick sip about Hogwarts Mystery, we definitely recommend checking it out. We have a lot to say about Mm -hmm. our first impressions on the Hogwarts Mystery Harry Potter game and what sort of things that you can do. So yeah. So I guess with that being said, we will see you at this rate next week. So you guys stay fantastic. For those mothers out there, happy Mother's Day and game responsibly. Bye, guys. Bye. Not waving. Yeah. And I'm dancing because y'all can't see it. Yeah. But they can feel the love too. As long as y'all doing that creepy ass voice, we're cool. I'll keep it PG because it's Mother's Day weekend. I appreciate it. Yeah, but next week, though, I'll bet wrong.